to the Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and for the next 30 minutes we're going to be talking all things food and drink. I'm joined by my fellow presenter Jane Payton who is one of the UK's leading experts on beer and cider. In fact she's a certified beer sommelier and author of numerous books on the subject although to be honest I don't think that's going to be of any use to you today because we're looking at chocolate. But Sue Nelson, yes. there are many alcoholic drinks that match chocolate. Oh, so okay. I'm going to try and shoehorn some alcoholic drink mention in there. I'm also a, a, an accredited cider pommelier as well. I was the UK's first. I don't know if you know that or not. I did know that, but I just forgot to mention it. Oh, okay. Pommelier, see. Pommelier. We're not just talking about any old chocolate, though. We are talking about vegan chocolate. Um, and today I'm joined by Janet Simpson, uh, co-founder of Goopy. That's right. Hello. Welcome. You've got loads of stuff in front of you, far too much for us to all eat. And also the fabulous Adrian Ling, who is Managing Director of Plamil Foods. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Wonderful to be here today. Excellent. And again, masses amounts of chocolate that he's bought. We're going to have to eat some of that, I suppose. Um, I just want to give you a quick fact. Well, let's say a definition, really. Um, The Vegan Society definition of veganism is uh, a philosophy and way of living which seeks to exclude, as far as possible and practicable, all forms of exploitation of and cruelty to animals for food, clothing or any other purpose. And by extension, promotes the development and use of animal-free alternatives for the benefit of animals, humans and the environment. In dietary terms, it denotes the practice of dispensing with all products derived wholly or partly from animals. So that means following a plant-based diet, um, avoiding all animal foods such as meat, and that includes fish, shellfish and insects. I know that, uh, the, that some people don't agree with the insect thing in terms of a vegan definition, but that's the uh, Vegan Society uh, definition. And it also includes um, cutting out dairy, eggs and honey. Now, if I can uh, just start with you, Adrian, your dad, I believe, started Plamel Foods very unusually in the 1960s, trying to find a replacement or something that, that would be different from, from, from milk and be plant-based, but, but, but still be a sort of milk substitute. Have I got that right? That's right. He went uh, vegan in 1926. Wow. Um, at the age of seven, when uh, he was in um, a beach in uh, near Margate and he saw a fish being killed and he said, I'm never going to eat an animal again. Uh, and he was involved at the very beginning of the Vegan Society uh, with Donald Watson and Leslie Cross. So do you think that traumatised him? It obviously made an impression on him. It obviously so made an impression of him. Been- I'm not sure who it... it, it it affected him in in the ways that it made him more determined to follow the path that he was going to follow. Um, And as we see now, veganism is everywhere. Um, The logic has been there for decades. Um, And it's interesting you mentioned the the vegan society definition of of vegan because, as as you read out, um, it means animal-free. So that doesn't necessarily mean um, that it may contain milk 
or it may contain other things. And that's something that, that, that is important for a lot of the older vegans, and my, my father particularly, um, when veganism was starting, um, would be horrified at some of the vegan foods that are out there now that say they may contain dairy because, as you've read, it says animal free and that's, and that's very important and that's that the, the point. that's the yeah. point and that's the the reason that actually our company started because it actually was started to create um a dairy free milk that was the first thing that it did um and then we on from that recognized that there was a little amount of milk even in dark chocolate and that's why this company got involved in chocolate because there was always an amount of milk in chocolate and there is today but i think it's an extraordinary thing to do in the 1960s Extraordinary. I mean, I, I was brought up in the 1960s and it was, it's not exactly, it was, you know, it wasn't exactly a food heaven at that point, was it? Um, um, and I don't think people really thought about what they were eating much. I don't, I don't recall that as a kid, really. So it's, it's an extraordinary thing for your father to have set that up. Well, like all, all movements, there was a number of them. And, the, and, oh. and um, I can remember going to some, uh, a Kathleen Janoway garden party, it was called, where nearly all the vegans of the, of the UK uh, turned up and they were, you know, one or two hundred and that was it. But I think social media um, has mm. had a, a great deal of um, benefit in expanding people's uh, communication and knowledge uh, and and that has really brought on people's minds into converting and then it's become a generational thing it's become more acceptable so there's been more food so it's become more acceptable so there's more food so it's like a snowball rolling but without those initial people really starting it and having quite a tough time uh, it would it it wouldn't have grown to where we are now. Because I, I guess oh sorry, and um, I guess that people thought your dad and, and vegans and vegetarians in those days were a bit odd and maybe a bit hippie, yes, maybe. and also not like the rest of everybody. That they they were some somehow the other. There was definitely a, a an air of the these people were slightly different and they did think differently. Um, but I think if you want to get anywhere, you do have to think differently. To, to everybody else and that is the way change is made and and they had a thick skin and, and good to. on them for having <laughs> a thick stink skin and, uh, and and actually pursuing it and from from our company's point of view turning it into a commercial um, because that is the way um, to really get people to change is to provide the alternatives unless you provide the alternatives it is simply a theory so how many people, uh, Jane, you know I like to put you on the spot and ask you questions like it's a quiz. Um, how many vegans do you reckon there are as a percentage of the uh, of the population in the UK? It's, it's roughly the same in Europe, actually. One, one to two percent? Yeah, about, it hovers around about one percent of the population. So that's about 600,000 people in the UK. Now, that actually isn't a lot. But I think what has changed for me is that a lot of people are... Um, intermittently vegan because they see it as a health choice and I think that's exploded they, they see it as a, as a as a byword for healthy I think this is uh, this is very true and, and I like to describe um, to be vegan as as veganism is a as a personal journey and there will be the first step that is made into veganism and then there'll be many other steps after that and then mm. there's many people that will take it to a much longer and logical 
um, route and others will be comfortable in only taking one or two steps. And, and it is a journey. And this is where I like to say veganism is a journey. It's not a definition. If It's not a destination. So even if you're the greatest meat eater on the planet, um, I, I think everybody now accepts that we eat too much meat. And actually to have a vegan diet for a couple of days a week is really not a bad thing at all. And I, I do think people are embracing that a bit. And I think they've got that message across a bit more. I think this is coming through with environmental um, concerns as well. And and, and because the logic has always been there for for the vegan food for many reasons, for animal husbandry, for cruelty and all those other reasons. Now, my father was involved in the environmental and before he started the uh, Plamel, um, it was involved in a oil company growing um, sunflower seeds for fuel. And that was back in the 50s. So... You've got a remarkable family, haven't you? <laughs> and so ahead of the time. Yeah, and way, way ahead. prescient and seeing what's coming down the road ahead of them, decades ahead, but doing it right early on. Fun- I think my, my, that may be uh, something that, uh, that, that that he's handed down and we, we recognise that some things that we've done in our business have been a little bit ahead of their time and we've had to rein those ideas back to remain a bit more commercial. Um, but yes, it, it, it is a way of looking in the future and saying, where should we be? And, and you know, the, the things that are going in the COP26, there's a lot of people there trying to go and look into the future and say, where yeah. we should be. Um, so, so Janet, you're the co-founder of Goopy. Now, now your stuff happens to be vegan um, as well. Um, can I just ask first, how, tell me about the chocolate making process and why in general it's not vegan? It's the, it's the milk content, I'm well, presuming. Well, you're, you're right when you say happens to be vegan, because actually this is an old family recipe, probably developed probably mid-20th century, I'd say. My, my, my mother used to make this the original product that we've based everything else on. So this was not ever designed to be a vegan product, and we don't actually manufacture chocolate, which is the difference between us and Adrian, who actually does get involved in the nitty-gritty of the actual um, make, making of the chocolate. We went out looking for chocolate that was going to meet the criteria we wanted. One of our, our, our biggest things really is, is the environment. So one of our, right from the get-go, our thing has all about, been about sustainability, doing the right thing for the planet, um, you know, not, waste, not having too much packaging. It was always about the product, not the packaging. So we spent a lot of time trying to get that right. Um, and, you know, that was some time ago and it was hard to find those things. Um, Say so the vegan thing... We, we realised we were vegan and one of my daughters is vegan and we realised that there wasn't enough stuff out there for choice um, and what, a lot of what was out there we didn't, didn't rate. Um, so we thought, well, we need to make taste is important. I mean, my background is writing about food, in fact. So, um, you know, in the hospitality industry in particular. Um, so good food was really where we were coming yeah, from. Yeah, taste has got to be up there. I mean, that, Absolutely. for me, that's a, that um, quality and taste is a given. Absolutely. And then there's other stuff. Absolutely. It, you won't sell it otherwise. And I think yeah. also with um, texture is really important as well. And um, with vegetarian and vegan food, old style, it tasted or felt like cardboard in the mouth. That mouthfeel. Yeah, mouthfeel yeah. is so important in making you enjoy it. And it's not just the flavours, the taste, the aromas. It's everything, that whole sensory experience of eating. Yeah. And now I think we're going to ha- be having some of this lovely chocolate because no, we've got chocolate wait. tapas. <laughs> but, you know, th- I would imagine this is just going to taste like any chocolate would and feel like chocolate, but better. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, we'll have, a t- we'll have a taste of it. So, so just before we do that, Janet, uh, so you started the company with your husband using your mother's recipe. Yeah, I mean, my husband, to be honest, he had a proper job as well. I mean, we, we're both trained as journalists, um, but I'd got kind of my, my eyes were going bad as they do as you get older and staring at a screen all day was just doing my head in so I thought I've got to go and do something else um, so I was thinking well what else can I do and of course this product Goopy is something we've been making at home for years and my daughters who are quite young at the time just said go out and sell Goopy mum so um, I made a load and started trying to punch it around initially in the hospitality sector because that was the sector I knew something about um, and we were getting immediate feedback orders and I kind of thought, OK, there's something here. And so starting in the kitchen at home, um, I was just doing it myself till goodness knows what time in the morning to fulfil orders and all the rest of it. And then, of course, you know, it's a question of taking the leap. Do you then go and get yourself a little unit somewhere and find people who can help you do it and, and all the rest of it? Um, sort of starts to go so commercial. it does start going commercial. And obviously that means you also have to tweak what you're doing a bit because, you know, I mean, buying things in scale is different. Um and just accessibility, consistent accessibility to ingredients um, that are always, you know, consistent in themselves was yep. important. So all those things, you know, it was a very steep learning curve for me because I've been writing about food and I, I like cooking at home and, and entertaining. But on it commercially, it's a whole different ball game. So, so you've got this recipe. So you buy in the chocolate as part of this recipe. We buy we buy in a couverture chocolate um, that we, we basically enrobe our main product. I mean, we do other bits and pieces as well, but basically we're about fruits, nuts and chocolate. It's really kind of, and it's about texture and flavour. Yeah, because really. I love the texture of your stuff. I'll come on to that in a minute. Adrian, do you make chocolate in your in your factory? Yeah, the, this yeah, is you one do the thing whole that we thing do. From, we, we actually yeah. manufacture chocolate and... Um, 80% of what we supply is to um, companies like Goopy that actually create all their wonderful things that I'm looking at here that I want to start I'm tasting. Have a in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> so, it, so we actually take the ingredient, we, we, we take the cocoa and we, we make that into uh, chocolate. So can you just explain the process very quickly? So, so you've got cocoa beans, uh, um, uh, a bit, they're a bit like coffee beans in a way, aren't they, I suppose? Uh, slightly. They are. They're yeah. slightly larger than the coffee bean. And so what happens is that they are uh, fermented, they're roasted, um, and from the cocoa bean, you get what call the cocoa liquor. And the cocoa bean is virtually 100% cocoa liquor, um, and that is pressed. And the cocoa liquor um, is pressed. You get cocoa butter, which is the natural fat, which is about half of the, the cocoa bean. And what you get left is cocoa powder. So you have three ingredients then. You have cocoa powder, which everybody knows. You have cocoa liquor and you have cocoa butter. And chocolate is mostly made from the cocoa liquor with the added cocoa butter back in it, and it is sweetened. And interestingly, the regulations state that to call it chocolate, it has to be sweetened. So if it's 100% cocoa, it's 100% cocoa. If it's 99% cocoa, 1% sugar, you can call it chocolate. Um, I've tasted sort of 100%, um, you know, cocoa uh, chocolate it's incredibly bitter it's it's horrible uh, mostly um i think um so saying something is 100 percent doesn't mean it's better does it it just means it's got a very high uh, cocoa content so so having like something like 70 percent cocoa for me is just about right that's just generally you know where, where it should be it is about slightly dark chocolate but not too bitter 
That's right. Uh, and, and some people can get a little bit confused by a high cocoa content, meaning that it's very dark. That's not necessarily true. Um, you can have some quite dark chocolates that are only 50% cocoa. Um, and that's because the ratio of this cocoa liquor and the cocoa butter and the sugar and then whatever else you're putting into it. So for vegan chocolates, we would add in um, a, a rice powder or an oat powder or a soya powder or something like that. In replace too, quite simply, the dairy milk powder that is added in. Oh, so it's milk powder. It's milk powder. You, oh. you can't add liquid into, you can't add water okay. into chocolate. Any um, Anyone in the kitchen will recognise you can't right. add water to chocolate. So actually you don't add dairy milk into chocolate. I didn't think about, I didn't think about that at all. No, I, I, didn't, I didn't realise yeah. milk powder. Okay, so that makes sense then. So if it's milk powder, that means you can't have it uh, as a vegan. So what you've done is you've looked around for replacements that, that will give you the mouthfeel and the taste and or the profile that you're after. That's right. And you, you add that into the, the, the uh, ingredient list um, and you formulate it so that it becomes the, the best tasting one for that variety. And that's, uh, mm. that's one of the best parts of the job doing that. Uh, that so can we have a little taste um, uh, uh, of, of what you've, you've broken up some chocolate? So so tell us what we've got some. there. This one here is an organic milky chocolate that's with rice as the milking ingredient. And this is extensively used. Um, and can you cook with vegan chocolates? Yes, you can. You can do anything with vegan chocolates that you can do with any other chocolates. Um, and you can temper it in exactly the same way. So, yes, you can cook and you can do all those things. And as, as a company, we supply a lot of industry that will do everything from coat bars, coat products, put them into brownies, tops of cakes, anything you like. Yes. That is gorgeous, I think. It's, I mean, that's got a, a great snap to mm. it as well. The snap is very much part of enjoyment of <laughs> is chocolate, it? isn't it? <laughs> oh, I think that is gorgeous. Very rich, I would say. Um, there is a debate uh, around veganism that, that um, and vegetarianism, actually, that, that there's a lot of money going into the industry to produce food that tastes and feels like meat but isn't meat. Yes. Um, there is an argument to say that actually if you're vegan, you don't need to have stuff that tastes like meat. That's not really the point of being a vegan, that what we should be doing is celebrating, you know, pulses and nuts and you know vegetables and fruit and 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 actually making really stunning recipes really tasty things out of that not trying to spend billions making a burger that leaks using beetroot juice or something where, where do you stand on that adrian i think there's uh, there's a number of arguments uh, around this and for a um a lifelong vegan um i've come to the realization that really it probably doesn't matter um that if the goal is less animal suffering if the goal is better um, for the planet, um, if that if having those type of burger type products um, encourages most of the population to make that change, I think that's like got sort of to be a good thing. thing. It's a kind of an entry level thing, and mm. that's why I say there are sort of levels of veganism. And um, but I think it's an entry level, and 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 if everybody takes one step into veganism, that's a long way. Um, there are many other steps to take. But yeah. so I, I, I do I do think that actually it's probably good for the environment and the planets that that first step is taken. Now, the thing with me is, is um, I've just eaten that chocolate, I particularly like the first one, I know, I'm going to have some more. Um, uh, that tastes so good as chocolate. Why would I not have something that's vegan? 
you know, why not if it's just as good as the stuff with milk powder? It just makes sense to me. Well, I think we will get to a point in 10, 20, 30 years time when people will be and there's there's the old joke, you know, you go into a town and you ask, is there anywhere I can get a, a burger, a meat burger? It will be that rare. It will be the other side of the, of the thing. So it... it veganism will become ma- so mainstream that it's why not it, it's not even thought about in fact it may not even be labeled as such because it is just obvious yeah janet over now to goopy which i, I, I like because it's for sale in macnade so i tend to <laughs> tend to sneak a box into my trolley while i'm when i'm doing my farm shop shopping um now it, it's quite an unusual product i would say it is we have three here um we have a white vegan chocolate um, here which is an almond based one again we don't make these we we have to bring the chocolate in and this we have to hand temper because I haven't got enough machinery to to have dedicated machines for certain things so um, the white one is a white Christmas and that's based on um, on one of our white recipes which is with cardamom which is the original recipe is based on an Indian um, dish which you probably know the carrot halva sort of flavour so cardamom and and carrots sweetened and um, so this one has got um, orange cranberries and um, cardamom in it. Very Christmassy. Um, mm. And then the Taste of Christmas, which is our sort of take on a mince pie flavour. So that's got all spices and cinnamon. I'm getting quite excited here, um, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> with orange and lemon, uh, candied orange and lemon and things in it. Um, and then our Boozy Christmas has got um, French brandy um, and Biddenden dry cider. Um, which is soaked into prunes and raisins. Um, oh. And then there's a lot of ginger mm. in there. So that's a ginger-based oh, one. Yeah. So um, Philly Boots. And, and your signature thing is is they're almost always in, in triangles, aren't they? Mostly. Yeah. Well, the original recipe, we used to cut in squares at home. And when we started enrobing this, and um, we decided that actually you got a bit more of the chocolate and it, it kind of, it was, we, I actually did the maths on the surface area and all sorts of things to try and work out the best way to do it. And we decided a triangle was, apart from the fact we're hand cutting this. So cutting squares, um, you know, although it's great if you're on a big machine and in fact we did go to a, um, a test lab somewhere to try and do it and they couldn't do it in triangles. So we had to do it in squares, but it just didn't feel like goopy anymore. No. <laughs> um, so you end up, um, you know, with the triangle becoming our signature thing, um, and then, um, you know, we were trying to take it through to packaging and all mm. sorts of things. We couldn't take it all the way in the box. The box is a, a, a trapezoidal shape because we couldn't do a triangle. Um, and lots of um, retailers didn't want a triangle shape because it was too awkward on the, the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, you come, you know, every little step of the way, there becomes a reason why we've done it that way, mm. really. Um, um, and we try to be... Um, I guess we're, we're trying to mainstream veganism as well with it, which is why we haven't actually made a big thing about it being vegan, to be honest, because we didn't want people to start thinking, oh, well, I can't have that because that's vegan in the way that they go normal. to the, the free from aisle in the supermarket and they won't try things because they think, oh, well, that's meant for people who don't have gluten or whatever. Um, and in fact, we also don't have gluten in anything. Um, and that was also a deliberate um, thing because we realised that was another thing that people were looking for and we could do it easily. So we did. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's... Um, what's your what's your thoughts, um, Adrian? Because it's quite a difficult thing to pigeonhole, which always gives you a problem when you're, you've got a brand, haven't you? Um, and you're trying to get accepted into you know, the independents and supermarkets. Well, these are uh, wonderful products, of course, then. Mm. I could sit here and eat these all day, nearly. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
it's always difficult categorizing the products um, mm. and and I think vegan type products and these type of products have always had trouble getting onto the shelf sometimes because people haven't quite been Crossed. sure how to categorize yeah. them um, and I think really it's a case of standing up and say we're not in any category and 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 running towards the issues and 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 saying these we're everything here mm. um but these are wonderful these are good and boys. and yours so you do supply the industry with chocolate yes vegan chocolate, but you have got your own um, um bars haven't you can can people buy those um, straight from from, from you can, guys or? yes they can buy it from our website or they can buy um from uh, health stores so we have a whole range of different products from organic products um in and these plastic them- packaging, which we have, which we're moving away from, and we're launching a new range early next year in Excellent. paper packaging, mm. which is sounds a little bit different, but that's that's it's another thing that we're working way, way, way. And, and the brand is called So Free. It is. Um, it's very hard, isn't it, to package up things like chocolate without using plastic because of the way you have to protect the product and yes. keep it in good condition and so everybody has been trying things but struggling but you've you've now cracked it looks like we have um one or two products are on shelf already in uh, paper packaging we already have some uh, products called cocoa bites um but this so uh, for us this is the first bar that is in a paper packaging um, and it's uh, it goes a long way to meet what we've been searching for for a long time. Mm. And have you worked with a um, packaging manufacturer to develop this? Yes, we have. Yes, and it's taken about a year, um, and before that, about five years of saying, "Why can't we do this? Why can't we do that?" Um, so yes, it's taken some time, and and we've still got a little way to go on getting the colours um, right. On, because on paper packaging, it's not so bright and people expect it doesn't stand, bright. Yeah, it doesn't stand uh, out. It doesn't quite stand out. So we're still working on that. Yeah. Um, but uh, we've got to get a, that, that message across that to be environmental, you might not quite get that Sparkly, nice and shiny. shiny yes, shiny. absolutely. Well, it's been a little bit of a revelation for me, Jane. I don't oh, know about me you. Too. I mean, there's no compromise on taste whatsoever. Absolutely not. And the the whole idea of people thinking, "Oh, something's missing." If you are vegan, it's something's missing. They're putting a negative slant on it immediately. If they didn't know that this was vegan, they wouldn't know. I mean, the taste, the flavour, the texture, the whole experience is so quality and delicious but that's what janet's saying though it's a bit of a dilemma isn't it if you shout vegan with all due respect adrian um you, you know that actually might put people off which is not what you want mm. um so you've got to make a concerted decision haven't you about how you're going to brand it mm. for, first and foremost as, well we as were asked message. if we would put vegan um on the front of the package by a few few retailers and we just said well we're not trying to do that really we, it is on the packaging obviously yeah. and we have little symbols saying that it's vegan gluten-free dairy-free and all these other sort of allergen um, uh, things. But um, no, I mean, I think it's important that things are mainstream. We actually have a cafe in Tunbridge Wells where we do hot chocolate drinks and things and everything is using plant-based milks. And we've actually, you know, we've we've worked quite hard to try and get the flavours right with the different types of chocolate and the different kinds of milk. Um, But we don't say anywhere in the shop that it's, it's vegan. And so we had did have people people coming in to begin with saying, you know, well, um, have you got any cow's milk? And we say, well, no, but try this. Yeah, don't need. And that. actually, people <laughs> have been pleasantly surprised. Yeah. You know how how well oat milk can work. You know, it has to be a certain kind of oat milk. To be fair, they d- then don't all act the same. And these are things are, are also things people are going to learn as they they start playing around with stuff. But I mean, if you just look at it from a a new idea of new kind of food to play with, which is why I'm surprised more chefs aren't excited actually about the whole prospect of 
veganism becoming much more mainstream because there are so many more interesting things you can do. Well, they've got I mean, to be you, more imaginative, I think. Exactly. It is they trying really out do. new techniques. It's, it's making, I mean, you know, certain countries have always been very good at using vegetables and, and coming up with really interesting things. Um, but I think now it's, 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 it's fascinating seeing how, how chefs are really picking it up and running with it because they're doing some great stuff. Yes, it's, we're it's, definitely going to see a lot yeah. more. Yeah. So that's it, Jane. Oh, already. Uh, you've been listening to the Food Talk Show. It's amazing how quickly 30 minutes goes. Um, and as you know, we're syndicated to radio stations across the UK and further afield, as well as being available on Audible, Spotify, iTunes and the podcast app on your phone. Thank you to my fellow presenter, Jane Payton. Thank Pleasure you, Jane. to be here. Uh, and to our partners, the lovely people at Produced in Kent. Next week, we're going to be talking about pigs. I love pigs. I just, oh, sorry. I love pigs. I just love them. I love them. They're my favourite animal. Um, and charcuterie. Don't listen, Adrian. Um, so if you want to recommend any future guests, I shouldn't be saying this, should I? Uh, someone doing something groundbreaking in the food sector, get in touch with our producer, Simon, by emailing him on hello at foodtalk.co.uk. Or if you want to listen to any of our hundreds of podcasts on topics from snail farming to gin making, go to foodtalk.co.uk. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Bye.